Hello and welcome to episode 53 of the Clackman and Share Women for Independence podcast. Music this week from Ross Bugden. This is Ghibli's Waltz. Well, we have been waltzing around quite a bit this week. We've had a coffee Zoom and a Bridges for Indie session. We managed to do a tie-up with the James E. live show on Indie Live Radio on a Saturday morning, 10 till 1. There's your plug, James. And we'll bring you some highlights from that later on. After all the drama of the Internal Market Bill last week, it's been a bit quieter with Holyrood in recess for the October holidays. Just a couple of things that caught my eye. The first is just a very short clip, or a very ominous question that Carol Moynihan asked, sinister middle-aged schoolboy and Westminster Education Secretary Gavin Williamson this week. Um, I was delighted to hear last week that Scottish Tories now support the SNP's uh, policy on free university tuition, and I'm sure the Secretary of State will welcome this U-turn. But can he confirm that the internal market bill will not undermine the ability of the Scottish Government to set university fees in Scotland or to continue providing free university tuition? The, the Honourable Lady seems to always miss the point that we live in a United Kingdom of four nations together where there is one single market and we have to ensure there is efficient uh, and a proper use of that market so that all four nations properly benefit. Notice he didn't even use the word devolution there. This will be something to keep an eye out for. Perhaps Cockeyed Cummings has been holding another of his focus groups. Are they going to keep talking about the single market and and this United Kingdom and just obliterate any references to the devolved parliaments or the other nations of the UK. The other thing I spotted was in another podcast that I really enjoy listening to. It's Inside Politics from the Irish Times. You get a different perspective on what's going on in the UK and also what's going on in America and, and Europe. Last week's episode was entitled can America's awful politics be fixed? Now you can get the full episode on SoundCloud or on the irishtimes.com website and I would definitely recommend you listen to it. It's a really interesting discussion. Hugh Lenahan's guest on the podcast was Stephen Levitsky, professor of government at Harvard University, who has written a book called How Democracies Die, which is about how democracies can gradually wither from within, which sounds like it could have parallels in the UK as well as America. And I must put it on my list of interesting books to read, a list which is not getting any shorter, I can tell you. The bit that caught my attention in particular, though, was when they were discussing the lack of democracy in the United States. Here's what they said. You have gerrymandering in the in the House of Representatives where the Democrats need to get a majority of seven or eight percent of the popular vote to be guaranteed of a majority there. And then you have a president who's appointing a number of people to lifetime appointments in the Supreme Court. The whole system, to use the words of Donald Trump, seems rigged. Well, it is, but it's rigged by accident. I mean, very quickly, the U.S. system from its beginning, by design, is heavily biased towards underpopulated states. The difference between sparsely populated states and heavily populated states was not that great in the 18th century. So it was it was a reasonable thing to do 
but the difference grew. The difference between Wyoming and California now is is vast, and it's something that would have been unimaginable and I think unpalatable to the founders back in the in the 18th century. Even so, the bias, the heavy bias in the in the Senate, the Electoral College, and because the Senate approves the Supreme Court nominees, the Supreme Court is also biased towards sparsely populated territories. For 200 years, that didn't matter very much because the both because both parties had an urban wing and a rural wing. So neither party was disadvantaged by this bias towards sparsely populated territories. Only in the last 20 years or so, the Republicans have become overwhelmingly a rural party and the Democrats have become overwhelmingly an urban party. So that means, as you pointed out, that our institutions are heavily biased towards the party based in the spark in, in rural areas. The Democrats have to win the popular vote for the Senate by almost 7% in order to assure themselves a majority in the Senate. Democrats winning an election by five points isn't enough. It's the same thing with the Electoral College. They, Nate Silver calculates that if Biden wins by three points this year, which is a, you know, a, a small but solid victory, he's very likely, very likely to lose the election. He needs to win by five or six points to assure himself victory in the election. So this is this was not malicious intent by the by the Republicans. This is a combination of constitutional design and demographic change that has produced this distortion. But what it means is the system is strikingly undemocratic, right? We are we are very very susceptible to minority rule, which is I think going to necessitate some kind of institutional reform. That got me thinking, in the context of the union that is the United Kingdom, that really explains why Cameron's promise that we would be a union of equals, assuming by that we mean that each part of the UK union has an equal vote or an equal say, could never have worked. I mean, a lot of folk in England already think that they subsidise Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland. Just imagine how it would go down if anyone suggested that each of the four parts of the UK was going to get an equal vote or an equal say on things. From an English perspective, they would be looking at 10 million people in the other three bits, potentially ganging up and outvoting 60 million people in England. And when you look at it from that perspective, it doesn't make any sense. It's just ironic that the fundamental principle of a democracy, one person, one vote, is what the UK has, America is aspiring towards, and yet it doesn't work for us. It doesn't feel in Scotland as if that system works for us. You can kind of see why in the context of the EU, where again you have disproportionate sizes and they each have a vote, how much effort goes into building consensus and getting something that everybody can live with. It's a very, very different thing from the adversarial politics that you see in America and in the UK, as Levinsky describes it. What's happening now is that in the context of extreme polarization, in which the parties have come to see one another, not so much as rivals, but as uh, borderline enemies or as an existential threat, there's a temptation on both sides, although I think it's been asymmetric, it's stronger on the Republican side, to use all the tools available in order to beat the other side. And we can see shades of that as well in the Tory party from the, the prorogation of Parliament through to the Internal Market Bill, completely ignoring a refusal of legislative consent to cheerfully admitting they're willing to break international law. 
And despite the wheeling out of Gordon Brown yet again to peddle the fantasy of a federal UK, England would never sign up to that. Why would they? You can see from the current battles going on between Westminster and the northern mayors that a Tory government cannot give up power. They cannot share power and they cannot respect devolution at any level. So on that basis, suck it up or independence is our only choice. But then if you think about once we're in independent Scotland, we have the same issue really because we have areas of Scotland that are very, very densely populated and areas that are very, very sparsely populated. So how do we make sure that all those places get an equal say? A federal Scotland, perhaps? Or the Scandinavian model of lower level local representation dealing with most of the day-to-day stuff could be the way to go. With regional representation sitting in a, an upper tier of some kind, but, but acting in a consensual, cooperative way for the benefit of the country. Whatever we end up with, it's hard to imagine it could possibly be any worse than the situation we're in right now. We've also been cracking on with our Halloween-themed Yes Stones. If you keep an eye on our Facebook page, you will probably see pictures of them starting to appear between now and Halloween. Mine are currently in the garage waiting for a layer of varnish to dry, and once that's done, I will get them loaded up. And in our virtual coffee shop, our thoughts were turning to Halloween and what we might be able to do to make it special this year, even with the COVID restrictions. The, the kids would probably get a kick out of it, as, and, and if you are able to watch who's coming, you know, if it's just a tiny little kid that, that you just do something funny and not too scary. No, 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 that's when you really go for it. <laughs> mean, mean. Oh, we've also got the fake cat out the front door as well, which has been there for months. That just, just the fact that this cat's sitting there spooks people anyway. <laughs> but we've yeah, one of our neighbours' houses. I was walking back home the other day, I dropped the car off for its MOT, so I walked back home and I came round the street. And one of the houses has already got its Halloween decorations up, and it's got a huge like spider's web running from above the door like into the garden over one of the trees with giant spiders on it. <laughs> I don't need to put fake spider's web in. <laughs> <laughs> sp- I've got one just right across the back door at face level. <laughs> Mine around my windows is like... <laughs> we were just saying that earlier, Irene, because I've been upgrading now, the plan is we're, when we get our training all sorted out, I'll be doing like remote training, running it from home. And my boss said to me, you can't have that as your background. I'm like, well, that is my background, isn't it? Oh, dear. Has anybody spotted anything in the Aloha Advertiser about our litter pick? I I had to look online yesterday, but I couldn't see anything. I haven't, and I haven't bought one, but I will. I'm going to go out and and try and get hold of one to see. Is Um, it weekly or daily? Yes. Weekly. Weekly. Maybe it was, maybe I was looking at last. Yeah. Oh, well, that'd be all right. They actually had quite a lot of previous articles that mentioned community clear-ups and litter picks and all sorts. So I'll be, you know, they obviously like that kind of thing. 
But it's something, you know, you're hearing about all these teenagers that are, are bored. And I can understand that. Yeah, they are bored. Well, why not go out and do something like that? It's easy to do. Mm. Um, and I'm sure they'll get as much satisfaction as we got out of it. I mean, mm. we were almost at the verge. We didn't want to stop because we'd spotted more litter somewhere else. And you that was to addictive. That <laughs> I loved your picture, Lindsay and Anne, that you sent us. Was that staged or was that an action no, shot? No, no, no. <laughs> There it was, oops, we need a picture, and just stay over there. <laughs> and then I spotted, I spotted some um, litter, so I was desperately trying to pick it up while Lynn was taking the photograph. <laughs> well, I've gone to the extent of actually ordering my own litter picker, because the ones they gave us were rubbish. They're really flimsy. Yeah, they were a bit iffy, weren't they? Yeah, and I, I, I fed that back to them, because I only handed seven back. I think Teleri didn't give me one back because it had broken completely, but they were just too flimsy. Mm. They might have been okay if it was like nursery age kids using it, but, but we were like getting stuck in about bramble bushes and things and hiking things out. So yeah, we were as well. But we they're not too expensive. I, I got one from more robust, but also much more comfortable hand grip. Oh, well, so Saturday, this Saturday, we've got Bridges penciled in. Yeah. We'd scheduled in a few things for October, sort of autumn really so we had bridges was this weekend and then we were yeah. we were going to do a litter pick at Gartmore and Dam the following weekend we had another litter pick scheduled and the Halloween stones for Halloween the pumpkin stones, trail we were talking about the cookie St. exchange Andrew's St Andrew's well. Day stone cairn uh, see this is me I don't think I could be creative with those um, Halloween stones, but I think I could cope with a St Andrew's Day stone. I could paint a flag on a stone. Absolutely. Absolutely. See the little pick at Dartmoor and Dam? What time? I can't remember. Hold on, I'll try right, if okay. I did. Well, listen, I, if it's on the Facebook page, then I'll... I was going to put them on as they came nearer on as events, so sure. yeah, so you can yeah. see no, oh, that that's, that's good. No, no I just I kind of need to get catching up yeah. and get back involved with with things go on Anne. are you going to say something? i was just going to say how can we do the bridges for indy if it's more than two households well we would say we're thinking it's a really wide bridge so if we have two at one end and two at the other end all right okay okay you know, I, you... I can do it tomorrow yeah. um well if if you want if you can do it, if you're a maybe, Irene, I mean, I can do it. Are you up for I'll it? Do it. I can do it as well. You know, you, you have two people from two households at one end, the other side of the bridge for the traffic coming the other way. So there you've got eight. The, the last time we did it that Sunday, Fiona, there was just the two of us. Yeah. And that was enough. We we stood facing the traffic coming towards the Clark Manager Bridge, but the traffic coming off like the Concord and Clark Manager could clearly see us as well because they were peeping at us. Mm. <laughs> um, see that? It's so simple to it's so oh. simple to do. I mean, literally eyes and mouths, paint it orange, run some black lines down it, a couple of leaves on top. Any special kind of paint? I just use acrylic paint. Reading Mark Drakeford's thing about closing the Welsh border this morning in The Guardian. A brave man, he's getting all manner of stick, but it's fascinating to watch. As Neil was saying last night, there's a whole load of Labour front benchers that have 
kind of resigned. Resigned. They've been told to vote for the legislation that says criminal acts can be committed depending oh. on who's doing it type of thing. They were supposed to abstain on the first reading so that they could then do amendments, but of course every amendment was voted down. So I think it's now passed or it's in the process of passing. The Labour Party, the official line was to abstain on the final reading. Uh, oh, so it must have passed, yes, so I beg your pardon. So it was 100, no, 330 yeah. votes to 89 or something like that. So the SNP voted against it. I think the Lib Dems, Liberal voted, Dems voted against it. 34 Labour MPs voted against the whip, included six front, front benchers who have all now resigned. So they've all gone to the back benches now. It's basically a purge of left-wing Labour. And what we're left with is this toothless opposition, this Keir Starmer pretendy opposition thing. What is the point of abstaining? I, I'd never get that. I don't think they should be allowed to. No. They're there, they've got a vote, they're supposed to stand up for their constituents. Yeah. One way or the other, the more they abstain, they say, well, we didn't vote for it. No, but you let it go through because you abstained. But you didn't that vote against worse. it. That is worse than, than you know, yeah. Yeah. at least you could say I voted against it. But no, I didn't vote at all. So what is the point in you being there to represent your constituents if you're not going to vote? Exactly. Uh, absolutely. Because the message is loud and clear. If you abstain, you're not voting against it. Even if you know you're going to lose, if you have any principles, you have to vote against it. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. But actually, thinking about it, if the Labour Party were still the Labour Party, and I did put this on Facebook yesterday, if the Labour Party were the Labour Party, they would be calling for a general strike. Yeah. You know, everybody just stop what you're doing, just forget doing any work, bring the country to a halt, and that's it, because what's going on is diabolical. It is outrageous. And this is the problem with this 80-seat majority is, you know, even though we're talking about, oh, the SNP will get, should, should get a majority this year, I don't think majorities are good. I can see why they're easier for the party in charge, but they can steamroller through anything they like. I much yeah. prefer having to get a consensus and build, you know, alliances across the place. <laughs> when, when everyone's equally unhappy, we know we've come to a, a consensus. <laughs> yeah. The other thing I, I started thinking about was January would come out of the transition arrangement and who knows what's going to happen then? I mean, it's entirely possible that there's going to be, well, transport disruption and food disruption and everything. So it's potentially an opportunity for us to try and plug into some kind of support network or something. Neil was talking about, he said, oh, you should see the pictures of Kent now. It's like Waterloo's everywhere. Yeah. And, oh, it looks hideous. You know, you get the people of Kent going, well, that's not what we voted for. Mm -hmm. There, there's been a kind of leak of a letter that Nicola Sturgeon supposedly sent to the EU. Yeah. Oh, what's she saying? Just about supporting us post-Brexit oh. and sort of possible re-membership and whatnot. I, but I, I think all of these things have been going on since 2016. There have been negotiations going on in the background and they cannot make anything public because the minute you make it public, Westminster will pounce on it. Yeah. And as soon as we get to January as well, all, all the gloves are off and they the can do what off. they like. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this time last January, which seems like 100 years ago, remember when we were outside Holyrood, Anne, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 you know, it was, yeah. oh, we we're coming out of the EU. And, it, and I mean, I was thinking, oh, what a horrible start to the year. And it's just got unremittingly worse ever since then. <laughs> 
we didn't realize that was a bit of us going in. I know, I know, it's just been hideous. I think I was thinking, you know, next January is that it's hard when you can't travel anywhere and the weather could be crap and everything else, but to just not mark it in some way just seems as if we're kind of acquiescing but it's the trick is finding something we can do that makes an impact that's doable yeah yeah it's yeah it is. it's a visibility thing though that you like the kind of almost like flummoxes us the most isn't it or or disadvantages us that you can't be seen so much even though i mean to be fair you, you could still have two hundred thousand of us in a march and the the press wouldn't cover it anyway mm. but the rest of the people that were there would would actually see that. Yeah. That was the thing that um, Leslie Riddick had said on on that day in January. The foreign press, it was, there was about 90 of them because they knew that whatever was going on that day, that was the story. And it's the same thing in January. Whatever happens on the 2nd of January or the 3rd of January, that's going to be the story. But it's, it's fairly obvious that we don't have a press. We have a propaganda no. unit. That's basically yeah. what we have. More and more people are seeing this now. And they were talking about the fact that the poll was 58% for independence. That's kind of like unheard of for them to give them that sort of time. But it's almost as all right, the tide has turned. If we're on, not on that side, we're going to look stupid and we're going to lose all these people. I listened to daytime show with Val and Marlene and they were talking to other kind of older people. And, and oh yeah, they, the pensioners panel. Hard, we've got a hard task because it's our job to convince other people our age that actually the right thing to do is to vote yeah. for independence. I wonder if now, that since it is at 58%, then the next tack is going to be about you know the subtle you don't need to vote because it's a given oh they'll try anything see they've got nothing left i think they have something huge left i think they'll suspend Holyrood in january and there will be no scottish election in may that's the nuclear option isn't it i still think that i've always thought that as soon as i saw that brexit was on the horizon i, I thought that Holyrood was on limited time well we're gonna have to get out on the streets and when that happens oh there's going to have to be riots yeah that, that, that's right it's horrible it's really yeah. horrible but we cannot cannot yeah but where do we riot though <laughs> obviously <laughs> in our houses socially distancing that's what we can do <laughs> oh i'm sure there's some farmers that happily dump some manure out front <laughs> right that's what we need to be thinking about the next couple of months tactics Crowd for socially distanced riots <laughs> <laughs> We could do that with a chlorinated chicken. <laughs> trebuchet. Trebuchet. <laughs> Can you but, knock up a trebuchet, Neil? See, when you're finished on the shed. <laughs> oh, it's worrying. Yeah. We could put a light in our windows. That would be a, a good way. Keep a light on. Whoever's coming tomorrow, tomorrow 11 o'clock, car park. Stay safe, Tracy. Yes. <laughs> We're here Saturday morning again, and this time we're at the Iron Oak snack bar, and we're just about to head up for a bit more bridge work. It's a beautiful day. We've been really lucky with our Saturdays so far. And this time we're trying to hook up with the James E Show for a Zoom call at 11.30. So that's going to be interesting. You might just hear traffic and whistling gale, but uh, we'll give it a go. You never know. Thank you.
Good morning. That's about two meters, is it though? Good morning. What have you got then? Right, we're going to do another unscientific poll. Morning. I know. <laughs> you know, I think even if people disagree with your politics, there's no reason to be rude. Yeah, we'll try. We'll do more just for extra um, safiness. <laughs> See, we've literally just got to the top of the bridge and already we're getting to... I've got loads. Yeah, here you go. Morning. I never really appreciated the sheer variety of car horns that there are out there. It's a little compilation. everybody can come to every activity that we do. Some of our group are still semi-shielding, um, others rely on lifts and of course we can't do any car sharing at the moment. Whenever we're out and about we try and do a live stream back to our Facebook page so at least people can uh, see what we're up to and hopefully feel a bit involved even if they can't be there in person. In last week's podcast I explained that I managed to live stream picture but no sound. Well this week I managed to live stream sound with a picture that was upside down and on its side. So still a work in progress, but I have put an edited version onto our Facebook page and it is also in the Clax Wifey playlist on the Indie Live Radio YouTube channel if you want to have a look at it without a bout of seasickness. Hello, we're up on our bridge again, doing another Bridges for Indie. And as you can hear, I hope you can hear this time. That was a big lorry. Beautiful day, lovely October day up here. Doing a quick Facebook live stream. You want to say anything to our group? Oh, hello, Facebook group. How are you? <laughs> if anybody wants to listen in to Indie Live Radio at 11.30, we're hoping to be doing a live Zoom call on the James E Show. So do join us. That would be lovely. In the meantime, we'll get back to the peeps. Probably about the same percentage of positive peeps. So it's all good. Right, we will catch you later. Bye. Meanwhile, back in the Indie Live Radio studios, the James E show was in full swing. I had checked in with him before I set off just to confirm that it was still on. And what had he lined up as the first song for a show that's going to include a live broadcast from a bridge? That's right, Van Halen's Jump. Luckily, we saw the funny side. Fiona and the rest of the Clax Women for Independence who are out doing their bridges for Indie Thing this morning and uh, in a couple of minutes we're hoping to be able to speak to them in a Zoom call. Um, as I mentioned previously, I'm not sure if anyone has ever done a Zoom call to someone out in the field as it were, um, but we're going to give it a wee try today uh, and see what occurs. We may have to do a little bit of tweaking um, with the sound on this. Um. Can you hear us? I can hear you now. <laughs> Welcome to the Saturday show, Fiona and the ladies from uh, Clack Women for Independence. 
How are things up there on the bridge? Well, they're windy. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, as you can probably hear, we're getting lots of feet still. Slightly less traffic than we've had in previous weeks. I don't know if that's the, the travel restrictions. I think it might be a, a combination of that and also um, I believe there's a small matter of a, a football match today at some point which might uh, result in less people on the roads. <laughs> oh, never thought of that because we don't track football. <laughs> so how's the weather for you? And it's lovely, actually. It's a little bit of sun, a um, little bit of blue skies, a little bit of cloud, but it's dry, which is the important thing. And just beautiful, awesome colours. And wherever you look, you can see hills. I love being on this bridge. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did look, uh, I seen that you'd put a couple of pictures up on uh, our Discord channel a little while ago, and uh, it was certainly looking uh, pretty good. It's, that was a bit cloudy then, but it's uh, certainly brightened up. But it to say less traffic but we're still getting plenty of peaks but also quite a lot of people just wave yeah yeah no that, that's good i must admit um it's not something i've done um one of these bridges for indie events but whenever i've seen anybody sort of tweeting about them or you know commenting about them on facebook they always seem to have very positive feedback from the public you know as you say beeping their horns waving you know all that kind of thing um have you had any kind of negativity so far None at all, nothing. I mean, the, the one thing I keep remembering is these aren't activists. This is just people driving in their cars yeah. on a Saturday, you know, and they're peeping. Uh -huh. So it's not as if they're just looking and going, oh, yeah, I agree with that. They're actually doing something. They're making yeah. a noise. I, I must uh, admit, if, if, I mean, if I was driving past, you know, in fact, I have done so in the past, somebody on a bridge, you know, doing something like that, then I usually beep the horn and give them a wave as well. Um, you know, I think it's just it's a nice thing to do, whether or not you know you're a hundred percent committed to it. I think it's just a nice thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the thing, some of the we were just saying, some of the smallest cars have got the biggest horns, which is often the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's it always uh, gives us a lift if you get something like a bus or an ambulance or you know a big yeah. lorry yeah. ones because they've got quite cool horns. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I just had a, I just had a little thought actually before um, we, we we went on air there. Um, you know how the, the, there's the uh, the long walk to freedom that's going on at the moment. Um, do you know? Do you know? Are they going to sort of come past your part of the country? Oh, I did have a look. Um, I think they go Stirling and Dunblane way, but I don't think they came through Clackmannanshire. Hold us, you know the long walk to freedom. Yeah. I wonder how close they come to us. Because you could do a sort of bridges. Is that what you're thinking, James? That's exactly kind of what I was thinking, yeah. Um, I'll have a look. They have got a website. Mm -hmm. So I'll have a look. And if, they, if they're coming anywhere that we can reasonably get to, we'll try and get there with some flights. Yeah. Here's Lynn. Say hello, James. Hi, James. Yeah, hello, Lynn. <laughs> <laughs> Having fun this morning. It's quite quiet, traffic-wise. Yeah. Uh, oh. Good, good. Totally, totally non-scientific
I always remember my granny always used to say to us, it's nice to be nice, you know, so if somebody smiles at you or waves at you, I believe that you should smile and wave back to them, do you know what I mean, regardless. <laughs> I kind of think while we're standing here holding this flag, you know, our behaviour matters. Yeah, so. absolutely. Because yeah. um, I, I, I was going to say, because we were talking about the whole um, Long Walk to Freedom thing and if they're coming past yourselves and you can do a sort of event like this for them, if it falls on a Saturday, we could maybe grab them, you know, I don't know if they're willing to stop and, you know, do a quick call like this um, on the Saturday show and get them on air. I think that's a really good idea, and we do have a contact, good, um, good. which I'll tell you about after this, because I don't think you'll be able to hear. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, it was really, really good to speak to you. Uh, enjoy the rest of it, ladies. Um, and I'm surprised that this has actually worked because uh, honestly I thought it might not work because of where you were going to be. Yeah, it, I mean it is quite hard to hear unless you've got the phone right up to your ear, but yeah. I mean you get the idea. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, listen, you ladies enjoy the rest of your time there on the bridge. We'll catch you later. Okay then, have a good one. Okay, bye. Bye. Well, there we go. How about that? That was the, the clacks women for independence bridges for indie event there and that was uh, our first attempt at an outside broadcast zoom call i think it went okay <laughs> I'll, I'll need to listen back to it actually if i'm being honest um so that i can i'm just having to readjust the levels um on the mixer here because obviously with it being an outdoor thing and traffic going past we had to kind of play around with the settings a little bit um i'll get a chance to listen back to it and hopefully um it was sounding okay for you all um, but that was really great so after our star turn on the james e show we went back to our bridge and having said to james we hadn't had any negative feedback as if by magic we did get one guy who cycled past us and muttered get a life and what was odd about that was previous time we were on the bridge, a different guy had cycled past and used exactly that phrase. And I thought that's a, an odd phrase to use because we're clearly both on the same bridge. So why is it that them cycling on the bridge is living and us standing on the bridge waving a flag is not? It's weird. But sadly, both of them were from that generation of men who seem to think it's okay to tell women what to do and how we should be spending our time. And although... It's pretty clear that they have yet to be converted to the Yes movement. I would have to say that whatever it is they're currently supporting is making them miserable. So maybe they should think again. Well, it's 20 to 12 now. Definitely a lot quieter. Much quieter. Well, what James was saying was um, there's a big football match on today, so maybe people are watching that. The volume is much less, but probably the percentage of peeps with yeah, the volume's yeah. about the same.
just that sort of ignorance and brainwashing though. They probably read the sun. We'll interview him. But apart from that one negative person, um, everybody else we met on the bridge was really friendly and we stopped and chatted with them all. From what? Last year? Last year? Right. No, not last year, but... The year before. Well, uh, they're going to be here, 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 they're going to be Bye now. Just making your point. Just making our point on a beautiful October day. <laughs> well, you're preaching to the converted view. Good stuff. <laughs> we do it's... lots of non-scientific polls, like how many, how many people give us rude gestures to how many people give us positive gestures. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's... Well, we're from over Clapman and Sham Dollar. They're of Aloha, so. And you've got the by election coming up. That's right, yes. Yes. Be interesting. We'll see. It's hard to tell with Dollar. It's a bit of a noisy spot you've chosen. Well, it is, but. Um, it's safe. And you, you, you're not causing a distraction because they can see for miles, you know, so it's just trying to be. Safe. and it's easy to distance <laughs> well that's why we do it because somebody gets a lift out of it but you know what it gives us a wee boost as well when you see the cars going it with litter picking so we're doing something good as well you know <laughs> that's right litter pick for Indy <laughs> no Anne very well she's often up here with us Right, so she's got a chest of drawers of mine at the moment and getting sorted there. Oh well, we'll say hello. So, all good recycling through nationalist circles, so that's excellent. Oh, definitely. Right, we done then. Oh well, enjoy your cycle. say so and then when you get people stopping and chatting that's really nice <laughs> well job done <laughs> and definitely far more positive than the uh, negative oh but definitely always been <laughs> yeah but nice for to stop and have a chat with folk as well. That's yeah. quite good. Oh, look at that view! Isn't that beautiful? Yes, it is. The colours that are lovely. Uh, it's fucking slow, it's not raining. Yeah. Yeah. But if it's like this for next week, well, just are you okay to get more? Pickers. Okay, so I'll organise the stuff. Hi. Right. And I'll see if they've got anything that's a bit more, a bit more sturdy. Well, say, I said to the guy that came and picked them up, but I'll email, I'd already emailed Rav and said, look, it's, they were, 
to get a live stream with James. I'm not sure how it'll have come across, but we'll find out. So, I should put this off for now and go and get a bacon roll. And that's about it for this week. Next week, we're hoping to be at Gartmorn Dam for another litter pick. So weather's not looking great, but if we manage to do that, we'll bring you some update from there as well. And this morning, I just had a phone call from the Aloha Advertiser. So hopefully we're going to have an article in that this week, which is great because if you'll recall what we were trying to do with these activities, as well as have a bit of fun and do some good for them in the community, is also to be visible. Hopefully we'll get a good write-up. And finally, if you're listening to this at 10 o'clock on Tuesday morning, which is its first scheduled play of the week on Indie Live Radio, you might be interested to know that at 2 o'clock this afternoon, that's Tuesday afternoon, we are having an Indie Live Radio open house, which you're very welcome to join us for. Indie Live Radio has a Facebook page and a Facebook group. We have an Indie Live Radio team meeting on a Tuesday afternoon at 2. So what we're going to do is try streaming some of it anyway, perhaps only 15 minutes of it, to see if anybody wants to get involved and have a chat with us and get a bit more engagement going with our listeners or even more importantly, our potential listeners. So with my Indie Live Radio hat on, I welcome you to join us for that. And with my Clack's wifey hat on, I'll just say thank you for listening and we'll catch you next time. Bye now. And then like